TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back. Mike Max sitting in for Paul and Jordana joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Andy Tate from Cahill Financial, as he does from time to time on this program. The reason I say that it's kind of crazy is, uh, and I'll, I'll try to do this in a paragraph, but I have a hard time doing it in a paragraph. Andy grew up in Morris, Minnesota. Both my parents and my grandparents grew up in Morris, Minnesota. My younger brother went to Minnesota Morris. Uh, it was there that he met Mike Tate. Mike Tate was went to Morton High School. When Mike Tate was at Morton High School, my dad was the head basketball coach at Gaylord High School, and he coached against Mike Tate. Mike Tate's father was the coach at Morton High School. Mike went to Minnesota Morris, developed a, uh, a very successful uh, insurance agency there. My younger brother worked for Andy's father, Mike, in Morris. Uh, they worked together for a long time, became good friends. Uh, my younger brother moved on. Mike moved on to Stillwater, brought Andy with him. Uh, Mike and Joe Tate, Andy's parents, would become the godparents to one of my nephews. So there you go. Is, did I have it all right, Andy? I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and Andy, uh, we watched, watched from afar as he had this unbelievable track career at uh, Morris and Stillwater and the University of Kansas and is now in the financial industry. It's uh, it's been fun to see, but uh, they're, they're, but but the point is, I never had anything to do with Andy Tate being on WCCO Radio. They found you in a different way, right? I, I had nothing to do with it. It's all through best prep, so uh, yeah. find each other though. Yeah, <laughs> and and Ko Financial and, and Andy, I'll get I'll get to the book because there's, there's a lot this time of year, I guess, that we talk about financially. Uh, do, do you think that do, do a lot of people think taxes right now, or do most people think, hey man, I just got done paying them in April. I don't want to think about taxes again. I think everyone has tax fatigue, and I don't blame them, but it's also a good time to sit down and just do a do a very honest inventory of where you're at year-to-date. I think July, you'll get some statements, your quarterly statements. I'll tell you now, they're not going to be pretty. So it's a good chance to, to sit down and, and have some, some real conversations and some reflection with yourself. You mean looking at what? When you see your July, what do you need to look at first? Well, what you'll do is you're going to open up and you'll see some negative numbers. And I think first and foremost, when you do see that, you need to think about how that makes you feel. Because to be in the equity market, you have to have the financial capacity. You also have to have the mental capacity to handle the ups and the downs. And I think when we had two years of up, people forgot that every three years, the market goes down. So this is very normal, very natural. It's healthy for the economy. And it's going to happen again. But some people will look at a negative statement and make very irrational decisions. So using some time uh, in the middle of the year, you can still make some adjustments. Uh, so you're not having to, to wait until December 15th to do everything that you want to get accomplished. But it's a good time to sit down and just say, okay, how did this make me feel? What did I do? What did I do well? What did I do poorly? And just put together a game plan because we're not out of this yet. But how, how do you begin to, for, when you do a risk assessment, how do you begin to forecast, you know, how long are we in this? Because we're not quite sure what this is or if we're in this and we've been in it for a while. Well, I think the first, the first place you look at, with these statements now, they do a nice job of, of showing where your money is invested. Not necessarily the company, but the sector. And what people tend to do is they invest in things they're comfortable with. You'll have doctors invest in healthcare. You'll have 
tech companies and invest in tech. What you want to do is you want to make sure you're diversified. So when you take a look at the, at the statements, not all sectors are down. You know, commodities are up, value is up, but the ones that people typically gravitate towards would be the tech ones because they get all the headlines. You have Elon Musk out there making noise. You've got Amazon. You've got all this and that. Well, those companies are beat up a little bit, but that doesn't mean other ones are out there uh, are also doing poorly. So I think it's just a good exercise to make sure that you're invested in multiple different areas and it's just to be diversified. And review benefits. November is enrollment time, but make sure if you're 50 this year, you consider catch-up provisions. What, what does that mean, catch-up? What is a catch-up provision? How does that work? Yes. So if you turn 50 by the end of the year, you can put more money into your 401k than if you were 49. And what ends up happening is people realize that when they're doing their taxes next April and they've, they've missed out on a full year, they could put an additional few thousand dollars in. And it's a big deal because putting an extra thousand dollars in your 401k is going to save you about $250 in taxes. So looking at if you are turning 50 this year, making sure that you know you can put more money in than you could the previous year. So it's just to make sure that as you go through and and you're maximizing the benefits you get through your employer, things do change. And most people just do what they did the previous year. But as these benefits are are adjusting and changing, you want to make sure you're fully maximizing them. When when you talk to families about uh, how how they begin to integrate their conversations on finances to their kids without... You know, a lot of times parents will have conversations and a lot of it's, uh, you know, bitching and screaming about, you know, how, we, where did this bill come from? What is this? And, and it, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction and they're not really uh, giving the full picture to their children as, you know, to where they sit financially and what the expectations are and what a budget looks like. Uh, who, who are the best at doing it and at what age do they begin to incorporate their children into those conversations? I would start as early as you can. And you could even talk with three and four-year-olds about consequences or if we go out to dinner, well, that's going to be fun, a fun event as the family, but then we can't do something else. There has to be some give and take. And I think, too, a, a critical part of the conversation is, is discussing and explaining mistakes that you've made. And no one's perfect with finances. No one's perfect in any aspect. And I think that's a, a powerful lesson to teach the kids. This is tough. There are some, some hard decisions to make, and the markets you can't control You have to react when they move and make sure you have that conversation. I think vacation planning is a great first step, especially now with inflation where it's at. The vacation you took in 2020 uh, is going to be more expensive in 2022. So have the conversation. You know, we're we're still going to go up to the North Shore and spend time hiking and biking and what have you, but we're going to pack our lunches instead of going out for lunch. That's explaining to the kids that, yes, we are still going to do things, but we're not going to be able to just do the exact same thing we did two years ago. As kids prepare for college, what, what, what's the right time to converse about, you know, and everybody's got a different theory on it. Some parents say, hey, you just do everything you can uh, to be the best student, the best athlete, whatever it is, and don't worry about working. And others say, hey, you got skin in We need you to have skin in this game uh, so that you feel the, the, the pain and what it takes to, to go to college and there's a sacrifice for it. What, what have you found? What, what, what's the best parent involvement there that you've seen over the years? Well, I had a great conversation with Jordana about a year ago on this very topic. And where kids are now, especially sophomore and junior year, they have star power in their eyes. Right now, Kansas won the national championship. There's a direct correlation. <laughs> I knew you were going to work that in sometime. <laughs> just, it just slides right out. So, but there's going to be an increase in enrollment. And people now know that name and they're, they're interested in it. And I think the conversation with parents and kids should be why do you want to go to a University of Kansas over a Mankato State? 
So I think the, the conversation should be don't just look at the label. Make sure that you're going to get value out of it because there's a huge cost difference. And I think uh, not many people uh, don't have Harvard or Stanford on their initial list of colleges they want to go to. But does that is that the actually is that the right fit for the child? Do you I mean, do you hear more and more people getting more and more pragmatic about their decisions on uh, secondary education? In other words, are they are they saying more and more, hey, let, let's figure out the, the real cost value and do an analysis on this. What what job are you going to land? How much is it going to pay if you go to this school versus that school? If you start at a junior college and do it from home for a couple of years before you go to a four year school. Do you hear more conversations like that? Absolutely. Look at the trade schools. Yeah. I mean, they're in such high demand. You can have a shorter education process, a lower cost, get a high-paying job. They're waiting for you, and it's the right fit versus some kids will go into the into the uh, four-year traditional approach, and they'll spend two or three years trying to figure out what they want to do, and that's an expensive, uh, expensive little tour. So I absolutely have had more conversations in the last five years than ever before on the true value of that education. What's that experience going to bring to the table in real-life dollars? And parents have more and more questions about it right now with uncertainty, huh? Oh, absolutely, especially if you see an account down 10% and they know they have a tuition bill coming in September. Uh, it definitely creates some stress. Andy, is Mike still working the airport there? He's there right now. Around. <laughs> what a great, per- perfect position for a guy with people skills like that. Great to talk to you. Say hi to the family. Will do. <laughs> Andy Tate, nice enough to join us from Cahill Financial answering all your financial questions before you even have a chance to ask them kind of good stuff. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.